45. Getting punched by ego. The ego is insidious, especially the spiritual one. You can either be a host to God or a hostage to your ego. It's your call. Wayne Dyer. Today's episode was meant to be about the holotropic breath workshop I attended this past weekend, but something more pressing came up. I got threatened and physically attacked by a friend. There's a lot to unpack here. The event made me think about when I was when I last had a physical fight with someone and it brought me back to the tender age of 16 when I physically wrangled on the floor with a guy in my then dancing class. Nearly three decades ago. That is the only proper physical fight I remember. Maybe there were other quarrels, but nothing major. What happened today is actually less interesting and relevant than how it happened and why. At least from the perspective I have and I can share. I will also get to why this is worth sharing and writing about. There's a profound lesson for myself and I think for every human being. Being human is not easy in ways we don't often fully appreciate. The two of us had several disagreements, small by nature, but significant enough that it would have been worth addressing and resolving them by way of a conversation. However, this conversation never happened because the other party did not deem that the conversation was relevant and or did not want to have it. What we both did as a result was to eat up the related frustration inside of us until it boiled over. It had boiled over before, but they had just been verbal exchanges, angry glances and a lot of bad energy. You know, the stuff you can feel when you enter a room or look at a person without a single word needing to be uttered. We are hypersensitive beings and can sense anything that is off. Most of the time though, this perception gets drowned out by an overactive, aka overthinking head or by us ignoring our intuition as, ah, it's nothing. This morning was different. We had had a few text exchanges that had ended with a message from him that was, in my opinion, so out of reality and distorted in its perception. Worse, it turned the situation upside down, arguing that I was playing the victim and attacking him at the same time, and that he is, in capital letters, closing this conversation here. As I woke up and was reading his message, I took a deep breath. I could feel how my body tensed and wanted to react straight away rather than me composing a reflected and constructive response. I took another breath. When our nervous systems perceive a threat, it runs automatic programs that put us into fight, flight or freeze, and the outcome is always worse, most often much worse, than to skip a beat, breathe and reflect before responding. Except you really are in a life-threatening situation. But in 2023, that happens once every blue moon. Not when texting with a friend, boss, spouse or whoever. I feel my heart rate slowing down again. I get up and sit down for meditation, hoping to find more peace, calm and clarity on how to deal with this conflict. An hour later, I arise with the clarity that I will confront him about the message and set a clear boundary. Healthy boundary setting and communication are something that I had not learned until recently. It's always been much e so much easier to please the other person and be nice, but the result is that we eat the frustration into ourselves until we explode rather than communicating our needs and wants proactively and addressing and resolving them in the process, as we both had done in the past. And get back and walk into the, I get back up, I get up and walk into the kitchen. I look into his eyes and say calmly, but with certainty, don't ever send me such a message again. What happens over the next few moments is an increasingly loud and aggressive exchange leading to ordering me out of my own home threatening me and ultimately physically attacking me. 
all from a seemingly innocuous comment about some house preferences I had. However, he, for whatever reason, saw them as a repeated attack on his personality. Insight number one, whatever we say might be perceived very different by someone else based on their internal unconscious life story. Reverse is of course also true. Whatever we perceive might have been intended with very different meaning by the communicator. That's why context is key, even more so over text. But even context can often not overcome different differences in perception. It cannot be overstated that our minds create our reality based on sensory inputs and memories rather than actual physical reality. What we perceive is never absolute reality, but a mix of emotions, stories, visuals, and other senses interpretations of our brain. Even the physical reality we see is not real, but a construct of the mind optimized for survival. As I'm leaving the house, I'm pinching myself what just happened. Did it really happen? There was no real issue to start with, and yet it had completely blown out of proportion. Over the next two hours, I got in touch with my coaches and guides, or whatever you want to call them, to help me see what I'm missing. As I'm one of the two people in the conflict, my perception must be biased. Our egoic minds play these games on us just as they did on my friend, going into meditation and more importantly, speaking with people who are well-versed in the understanding of the human condition and can provide a dispassionate and objective perspective is the surest way to make sure one is not lost, does or says stupid things and thereby escalates the situation. These conversations lead me to the conclusion that, at least in this instance, I seem not to be crazy. What I communicated was reasonable and he seems to be putting himself into victimhood, making me the perpetrator when he was the one attacking me and then blaming me for making him attack me. Not only was he gaslighting me, but he was also playing reverse psychology by making himself the victim while claiming I am in victimhood. The mind can be a twisted place. I have plenty of experience of that myself. Just read number eight, driving myself insane. Situations like this, is, this one happen all the time. What makes this crazier though, is that this is a person who meditates a lot, like me, every day in the hour or hours range, has done a lot of work on himself, worked with many people and has gone down deep the spiritual rabbit hole. So this is not just a random person that doesn't know what he's doing. This is a person that's highly evolved and self-aware. So how come he had such a primal and uncontrolled reaction to something seemingly innocuous? Innocuous. Inside number two, I can be spiritually extremely knowledgeable, seemingly aware of the human condition, have done a lot of work on myself, yet it's all useless if I can't embody it. I take this as a very bristle warning shot from my own journey. It is so easy to get caught up on the spiritual or personal growth high horse. And the moment I get unvigilant, the ego and or the reptilian mind takes over. We are both the redeemer and the destroyer, as my coach always reminds me. My friend's behavior and actions were for me to see what can happen when you do a lot of inner work and therefore think you can't possibly be doing anything wrong, even to the point of hitting another person and blaming them for, for doing so. How about killing them? The spiritual journey is fraught with obstacles, especially the spiritual ego, which is just another form of ego, but much more dangerous because one thinks of oneself as much more evolved and hence could not possibly have an egoic defense mechanism anymore. And when it does get triggered, then yes, it must be the other person, aka you made me hit you. Call it the delusions of waking up. 
This is obviously not just a spiritual issue, but applies to any human who evolves and becomes very good at something. What makes it, however, especially tricky in the spiritual context is that this is the very domain of evolving in one's human capacity, awareness, and behavior. After my coach and I had reviewed the situation, her next question was, what do you want to create from here? Besides me wanting to resolve the dis dispute, whether we will or not is outside of my purview though, what I responded was that I never want to become that person, the false guru, the one who claims to be enlightened yet abuses at the same time. The world is full of those because as you evolve spiritually and without continuous work on humility and keeping the ego in tow, it just pops up in another place, often bigger than before, starting the personal growth journey. Humility is the name of the game. The further you evolve, the more humility is required to operate in those higher echelons. The grail scene in Indiana Jones illustrates this powerfully. I like to think of it as the gate for the worthy. You can't move forward without increased humility. Spiritual evolution is embodiment based. It doesn't matter what you know, but how you are, your day-to-day -day beingness. And it reminds me of my recent ayahuasca journey where I got humbled by the need of letting go of everything, money, power, fame. Link to number 37, ayahuasca jumping over the edge. It was a lesson in humility that then helped me to ascend into higher realms in subsequent ceremony nights as I shared in episodes 38 to 40. Humility is not only the door opener in ayahuasca, but ayahuasca is simply an amplified and accelerated learning experience for real life. That is the very purpose of ayahuasca, to experience something powerfully, viscerally, and in condensed form so that we can accelerate our learning rather than taking years of trial and error in real life. Whether or not we bring the learning from the ceremony into real life is of course a choice. The power of the human journey is that we know what is right deep inside. And then we have free choice and we can thereby explore and learn the consequences of our choosing. And today I was put in, a, in place again by the universe through the display of my friend's behavior. And I thank him for showing me what I needed to see. No book can teach this. I had to experience it viscerally. It's a reminder that the journey I'm on here is to serve others, not my ego. No matter how far I make it, how wise I ever might become, there's no room for ego, for the indulgence of myself. Instead, I'm to live from a place of gratitude and grace, thankful for the journey I'm on and the many powerful teachers that have seemingly miraculously found their way to me. I want to add that I'm eternally grateful to my friend for so many things. He has been instrumental in my journey and I would not be here without him. So if you're reading this, thank you from the bottom of my heart for everything you've done. Words cannot express my gratitude for the path we have walked together, no matter how difficult it was at times. And this is also the end of our shared path, at least for now. This is no longer a constructive relationship that is serving us, and it seems everything we needed to learn has been shown to us. Now it is our individual turns to put the learnings into practice, to embody it. It's time to move on to our next chapters. <laughs>